Genesis chapter 21. We're starting in verse 22. Genesis 21 starting in verse 22. And we will go through verse 24. So Genesis 21, 22 through 24. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your word. And we thank you once again for the incredible opportunity that we have to devote ourselves to your word. We thank you uh, for the passages that have already been shared by, by the other brothers. And thank you for how you are using it to minister to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that even right now, that you would just speak to us. I ask that you would be able to... Allow our hearts to really focus on you and what it is that you have to say to us. And I pray that your spirit will move in our midst in a mighty way. Father, I pray that you would shine light um, on our hearts. And places where we aren't trusting you, I pray that we will confess those to you. And that we will be made right with you. And receive and experience your forgiveness and cleansing. Father, for the places where we need to be encouraged, I just pray that you will encourage us. And Father, I pray just for a special blessing on each one. And Father, I pray for a special blessing on each of the children who are here. We just thank you so much for them. And we thank you for the blessing that they are not only in in our lives personally and in our families, but within the life of this church. We thank you for them and ask for you to work in a mighty way in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12, the Holy Spirit through John recounts for us something that Jesus said. It says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And this is one of seven I am statements that are found throughout the book of John that our Lord Jesus gave highlighting who he is. And one of these I am statements is found in that verse where he says that he, Jesus, is the light of the world. Now, this is interesting because in the book of Matthew, our Lord Jesus, as he is giving the the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, he says something that's very interesting. And to us, we may be thinking, huh, this seems, well, is this contradictory? Because in John chapter 8, Jesus claims that he is the light of the world. But then in Matthew chapter 5, he says, 
speaking to his disciples, you are the light of the world. So he makes the claim that he is the light of the world, and then he makes the claim that his disciples are the light of the world. And, and in our minds, we, we try to reconcile and we try to think, well, what does this mean? And how is this true? Because we know it came from the mouth of our dear Lord Jesus, so it has to be true. Consider with me the sun and the moon. Does the moon generate light in and of itself? It, it receives and it reflects the light that comes from the sun. So in a very real sense, the very light that is found in the sun is found in the moon. And they both are the light of the world. In a physical sense. During the day, the sun provides light. And at night, the moon provides the same kind of light. But the difference is not in the quality of the light. The difference is in the, the vessel that carries the light. The, the sun is the source of the light. And the moon simply receives and reflects it. But they both contain the same light. So in the same way, Jesus is the light of the world. He is the source. He is the sun. But his followers, those who are born again, receive that light into their lives and in a very real way become the light of the world as well. And I love what our Lord Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. Meaning, every single believer is the light of the world. There isn't any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Every single believer who has trusted in Christ alone for their salvation is the light of the world. But then he goes on and says, a, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others for the purpose that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Meaning, not so that people will see your good deeds and glorify you and talk about how great you are, but in the same way that when we look at the moon and we see the incredible light that comes from it, we don't think, oh, the moon is the source of that light. We think to ourselves, wow, isn't this incredible how it reflects to us the, the light of the sun? So too, when people see our good deeds, it should point them to glorify and to acknowledge the greatness of God. The greatness of Jesus who is the light. Now, 
In today's passage, Genesis chapter 21, we see this being lived out in Abraham's life. A few few weeks back, or I forget how long ago now, we considered Abraham's nephew Lot. And as he moved into Sodom, we considered how even though he was the salt of the earth, he had started to lose his saltiness. Or... If we consider Matthew 5, how it talks about you are the light of the world, it's like Lot had taken this lamp and he put a basket over it. But in contrast, what we we see happen in Abraham's life, that he, in fact, was living out what it meant to be the light of the world for the purpose that those who watch would glorify their God, his God in heaven. So consider with me. And it's just very interesting and very simple. In verse 22 of Genesis 21, At that time Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham. Now, Now listen to what they said to him. God is with you in all that you do. See, Abraham experienced a blessed life and the Lord blessed him with riches and wealth and and he was able to to have influence. Then when Abimelech, this pagan king and his commander, acknowledged it, they saw that it wasn't about Abraham. They acknowledged that it was God who was working in and through Abraham, and that God was with Abraham. See, the presence of the Lord in our life changes everything. The the presence of God in Abraham's life changed everything for him. And that is what made the difference. And and that's the case for us today. The the thing that sets us apart from the rest of the world, the thing that makes the difference in our life, the thing that allows us to be the light of the world is the light of the world, Jesus. And His presence in our life makes the difference. And so God's presence in everything and in every arena of our life, is so needed for us today. In Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, it says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And then verse 4, I I really want to key in on verse 4. It says this, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Seek His presence continually. 
remembered the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. The Holy Spirit through the psalmist is calling on the reader to seek the presence of God. Continually. All the time. You see, the, the Lord's presence in our lives makes all, the, all of the difference. And that should lead us to, to, by God's grace, seek His presence continually. In verse 22 of today's passage, I want us to consider that the Lord's presence in your life, it influences the watching world. should lead us to seek His presence in all that we do. And in verses 23 through 24, we see that His presence in our life, it it empowers a life of integrity. Seek His presence and commit to a life of integrity. First of all, the Lord's presence in your life influences the watching world. Seek His presence in all that you do. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. When when a person walks with the Lord... They aren't left the same. They aren't left the same as they were without Him. It's, it's like the moon without the light of the sun is just dark. But when the light of the sun penetrates the moon, it, it lightens up the whole moon and, and that light is shed abroad. When we experience the light of life, when we experience Jesus and His presence in us, God with us, it it, it can't leave us unchanged. And that's what happened with Abraham. He walked by faith. He was declared righteous before God. And the watching world saw it. And they knew there was something different about Abraham. Because he was letting his light shine before men. That they may see his good deeds. And it led to them glorifying his father in heaven. One commentator says, Genesis 21 closes with the man of the world affirming that God was with the man of faith. Earlier, when the man of faith slipped from the path of righteousness, Abimelech reproved Abraham. But now his consistent walk of separation is admired and God's personal blessings acknowledged. The world, generally speaking, respects the child of God who walks worthy of their calling. If you remember with me in chapter 20... There was another incident where Abraham was interacting with Abimelech. And at that point, Abraham wasn't acting in faith. 
Genesis chapter 20, verse 6. Oh, actually, in verse 3. No, verse 2, sorry. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. So you remember what happened in Abraham's relationship with Abimelech. Just one chapter prior to this, he lied about his wife. With the goal that Abimelech took her, and if the Lord didn't intervene, it could have been really bad. But we see a switch here. Because in chapter 20, Abimelech reproves Abraham for what he has done. And now it shows that he sees that the Lord had worked and was working in Abraham's life and through him. And that the Lord was with him. That God was with him. Now, this is good news. Because for us as believers, there's a lot of times where we are inconsistent with our walk with the Lord. Just like Abraham. But just because in the past we have sinned, and even today we sin in different ways, God's presence in our life makes a difference. And... As we look to Him and as we trust Him, it becomes evident to the world around. As we let our light shine before men, they will see our good deeds and not praise us, but praise our Father who is in heaven. Just like Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, did for Abraham. The presence of God in one's life makes all the difference. Consider with me the fulfillment of this idea of God being with someone. They acknowledge that God was with Abraham, but in Isaiah chapter 7, it prophesies of a time, verse 4, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. And in Matthew 1, chapter 23, when it it is speaking of the fulfillment of this prophecy, it highlights that Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus. God with us. The light of the sun coming in. To the darkness of this world, God with us. And He lived a perfect life. And then when He died on the cross, He died in our place and He rose to life again with a light that could never be darkened. He ascended on high. And now... For us as believers who have trusted in Christ alone for our salvation, He comes and indwells in us by His Spirit. And and He has given this promise that He will never leave us or forsake us. 
Hebrews 13, verse 5. In Matthew 28, verse 20, He was talking to His disciples and He said, I will never leave you. Oh, He said, and behold, I am with you. Sorry, I, I quoted that wrong. I am with you always to the end of the age. The difference in Abraham's life was made because God was with him. And the difference in our life is not because we in and of ourselves are anything special. The only thing that separates us from the world and its hopelessness and its despair is God with us. His presence. And, and thinking of that, it should lead us to seek His presence continually. Just like it says in Psalm 105. Seek His presence continually. In Colossians chapter 3, I was thankful that Duncan shared from Colossians 3 earlier. In the first part of the chapter, in verse 1, it says, 1 through 4, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Because the Lord is in us and we are in Him, we are identified with Him, He's calling us to set our mind on things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. In other words, seek His presence. Seek His presence continually. And and we seek Him through prayer. Boldly approaching His throne of grace where we may find mercy and receive grace to help in our time of need. But we, we, we also seek Him when we seek out His Word. Because there's something that's incredible that when we seek The Lord in His Word, He meets us. Because He has revealed Himself to us in His Word. And and as we go about our day-to-day living, there's decisions that we need to make. And there's, there's all this stuff that influences our life. But when we set our minds on things above, when we think about Christ, when we think about what He has revealed to us, All of that ends up giving us wisdom for the decisions that we need to make every moment of the day. And as His Word seeps into our minds and our hearts, and as we continue to seek Him, it will become evident, just like it was to Abimelech, that God was with Abraham in all that He did. When when unbelievers see our lives, could they say the same about us? That God was with us in all that we do. 
When they observe how we live our lives, are we letting our light shine? Because we are the light of the world. But are we letting it shine in such a way that when people see us, they see good works in our life? And when they see those good works, they don't praise us because of how great we are. They acknowledge and praise our Father in heaven. In the same way that Abimelech and Fecal did that for Abraham. You see, the Lord's presence in our life, it ends up influencing the watching world. And it should cause us to seek His presence in all that we do. And, and I would just encourage us to, to pray to the Lord and say something like, Father, thank You for Your promise that You are with me. I ask You to make Your presence so evident in my life that others will notice and give You glory. That others will notice and will see that there's something different about us. And that it will open up an opportunity to give a reason for the hope that we have and we can point people to Christ. God's presence in our life sets us apart. It allows us to be the moon, the light of the world, and our Lord Jesus, the sun. The Lord's presence in your life, it makes all the difference. Seek His presence continually. Secondly, the Lord's presence in your life empowers a life of integrity. Seek His presence and commit to a life of integrity. Verse 23, Abimelech is speaking. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity, meaning with his, his children and, and um, the future kings. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. Verse 24, and Abraham said, I will swear. So, so to really to break it down, to get to the baseline of what Abimelech was asking Abraham to swear to, first of all, was to deal with him honestly. Meaning, what he says, follow through with it. And, and maybe there's something in Abimelech's mind where he remembers where Abraham had lied to him and told him that his wife was his sister. And so in a, in a certain sense, he's like, well, make, it, make this, co- this commitment and this oath that you will always tell the truth. And then also, the second thing was that he would act kindly to, towards him. As Abimelech had acted kindly towards Abraham, who was just a foreigner, live, foreigner living in his land. And Abraham responded by saying, I will swear. He is willing to make that commitment. See, God's presence in a person's life not only affects them 
internally so that people can look and see that there's something different about them. It also affects how we interact with other people, with our neighbors. And, and in fact, it is His presence in our life that will empower us to live a life of integrity. To live a life where we are committed to the truth and, and to live a life of kindness, true kindness for others. Some years ago, I was listening to a sermon um, from a guy named Jack Wurtson. And in the sermon, he used an illustration that I've, I've remembered ever since I heard it. But he was talking about uh, in the country of England um, some years ago. I think it was either like the early 1900s or somewhere, somewhere sometime along that. There was a, 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 a famous atheist who would go around and he would have all of these debates with Christians. All of these super intelligent guys. And it seemed like no matter how many debates he was in, the Christians could never nail him down. And it always seemed like he had, oh, such a great argument. But around that same time, there was a young lady, just a, just a girl, and she uh, really needed money for her family. And so she went and she looked in the newspapers and there was an opening for a maid at this atheist's home. And so she thought to herself, oh, I don't know about that, this because she was a Christian. But she thought, well, we really need the money. And, and so she put in her application and this profound, famous atheist ended up giving her the job of being his maid. But it was pretty amazing because time went on and this young girl was in his home and just like Duncan was talking about earlier and reading in Colossians 3, she was working not as unto him but as unto the Lord. And, and it began to show in her life and she was different from all of the other servants. And this really impressed this profound, famous atheist. And so one day he called this, little, this young girl into his office and asked her and said, Well, what's different about you? There's something different about you. It, you're always humming. You're always whistling. And all the other servants are just depressed. When, when you sweep, the other servants, when they sweep, they, they just to cut corners, they'll pick up a rug and sweep the dirt underneath the rug so they don't have to do all of the work. But you don't do that. You finish the job. And, and the silverware, when you're cleaning it, it's, it's extra shiny. What, what's... What's different about you? These other servants don't do that. And she said, oh, mister, I can't tell you. What? You won't be happy with me if I told you. What? No, you must tell me. Okay. 
And so she, afraid of the repercussions because she knew how solid of an atheist this man was, she said, well, the reason why I'm different is because I'm not working for you. I'm working for my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has saved my life. And He's with me, and so I'm working to honor Him. And it just melted that atheist's heart. And he turned to Christ as a result. God's presence in our life makes a difference. And, and it leads to a life of integrity, a, a life committed to, to honesty and to kindness. And when the watching world sees it, there, there's no explanation. But we know it's the presence of God in our life. And it's the presence of God by His Holy Spirit. Think of, with me about Galatians 5.22 where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What Abimelech was asking of Abraham was for Abraham to be honest with him, to not deal with him falsely, meaning to be faithful to his word and to be good to his word. Well, well, well what is one of the fruits of the Spirit, part of the fruit of the Spirit? It's faithfulness. It's goodness. What was the other thing that Abimelech was asking of Abraham? That he would deal kindly with him. Well, well, what's another one of the fruit of the Spirit? It's kindness. See, the presence of God in our life has a profound effect on the people around us. Seek His presence. Seek His presence continually. When we seek His presence and we live in step with Him, it will flow naturally that we will not deal falsely with our neighbor, that we will act truthfully, that we will be truly kind. And not the way that the world defines kindness, but the way that God defines kindness. So a question for us to consider is how is our relationships with the people in our life who do not who do not know Christ can they tell something different about us is is the fruit of the spirit evident in our life can they tell that God is with us Abimelech and, and Phicol, the commander of his army, could tell that about Abraham. But I'm so thankful to the Lord for God's grace in Abraham's life. Because 
Abraham had lied to Abimelech, and there was all this drama. But the Lord intervened and worked in Abraham's life, so now that in this very next chapter, Abimelech notices and sees a difference and sees God's hand in his life. I want to encourage each of us to to ask the Lord to highlight if there's any area in our life where there's a lack of integrity, where we have not been good on our word or we haven't been kind and we've been unloving towards others. And simply confess that to the Lord. He will forgive. He will cleanse. I love this passage in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 7. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you're here today and have never received God's gift of salvation, you have never been made right with God, you have never experienced His forgiveness, seek His presence while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. And He is near right now. Call on Him in in your heart of hearts. And He will abundantly pardon all of your sin. He will forgive you. And for us who are believers, seek His presence continually. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. And if there's sin in your life, seek Him. The evil one wants you to turn away and run from Him. He's saying, come to me and I will abundantly pardon And and as on a daily basis, we seek His presence continually, our life will be exuding His light. Jesus is the light of the world, and He has made us the light of the world. He is the sun, we are simply the moon. And His presence in our life makes all the difference. Seek His presence continually. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word. Thank You for how You worked in Abraham's life and how it was evident that You were with him. Father, I pray that in our lives it will be evident that You are with us. And that we will let our light shine before men that they may see our good deeds and glorify you who is in heaven. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.